Sadly, Leader McConnell has defiled the Senate like no one in this generation. And Leader McConnell may very well destroy it. That is from a neutral historian perspective. One of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my life. But there is no hyperbole too hyperbolic for today's politics. Um, Defiled the Senate. What did he do? Take a dump? Come on. Human sacrifice. He has slaves in the cloakroom. I mean, defiled the Senate by saying, yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, have some hearings on the new judge. I'll defile the place. Give me 15 minutes. <laughs> Oh, trust me, folks, he can do some real defiling. <laughs> oh, yeah. An aggressive scent. Oh, boy. Yeah, we have in a span of a couple of years gone from uh, um, really careful wording of things to just anything goes. It, it, the, the, the slide was so fast. This is why people talk about slippery slopes. I mean, seeing it play out now, I've got a different view of institutions and norms than I did a few years ago. Hmm. Having now seen how quickly it goes, it's it's amazing. And it's it's like the old saying of, I never can remember if it's a Hemingway or Churchill said, how did you go broke gradually then suddenly? That seems to be the way this whole institutions thing falling apart works. Right. Gradually then suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just all of a sudden it just speeds up so fast. Well, at the risk of spouting cliches, it's a tipping point. You're getting closer and closer, but you're still balanced. The water is still in the cup. Uh, then it tips, and all the water comes out. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And I don't know. So um, we're wondering how are they going to beat up on Amy Coney Barrett if she is the nominee, and Trump is going to announce it at 5 o'clock on Saturday, he, uh, he tweeted out. Five it's not Saturday. confirmed that it will be her, and it would delight my soul in a way to have it be somebody else. Because it would make the the media uh, lemmings look like lemmings who just report the same thing over and over again. But it does look awfully like. Well, it's slightly different in that he had specifically said he was holding her name back to fill Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat. Right. True enough. He had said that out loud. And there's not so much as a hint of contradiction of that that theory. Yeah. Um, But so how are they going to attack her? The only Supreme Court justices that have had their characters destroyed in modern times, Clarence Thomas. Well, you got to start with Bork. Bork, Clarence Thomas, uh, Kavanaugh, obviously, and I'm missing one. There's another one in there. But they were all Republicans. Yeah. When has this ever happened to a Democrat where their, their personal lives were savaged this way? Well, it hasn't happened yet. The right does not do that. Anyway, how would they go after Amy Coney Barrett? You can't do the gang rape thing with a woman, probably. Um, pretty far-fetched. Um, how are they going to attack her? We were kind of wondering that. And um, uh, it looks like it's going to be her Catholicism, her faith. The fact the Bible. that she's a member of a particular group that some claim was the role model for The Handmaid's Tale or something. She's a crazy religious nut job is basically what they're going to go with. And... Um, Pretty interesting article I came across. Going to turn women into breeding sheep. Uh, interesting article I came across in Religion News. Is Judge Barrett's kingdom of God different from Obama's? And it goes through a number of people that have been fairly religious on the left and have gotten really no pushback for it whatsoever, including Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, was passionate about Judaism's concern for justice. She had Bible verses in her chambers uh, on the wall that she referred to regularly. 
It was very important to her. Nobody talked about her being some sort of religious nut who has Bible verses on the wall. I do this for a living, and I didn't know that. No. They mentioned Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., obviously a very religious man. He was a preacher, and he talked about the kingdom of God and this and that in the Bible and was constantly using the Bible and Jesus as a role model, but he didn't. nobody called him a theocrat or a believer in fairy tales or any of that stuff. And then Barack Obama specifically, because one thing that Amy Coney Barrett had said at some point was about the kingdom of God. I think I've got the quote here. Um, She considers building the kingdom of God the goal of her legal career. Um, and how scary that is for some people in the way the left has used that. Then they come up with Barack Obama talking to an evangelical congregation in South Carolina. We're going to keep on praising together. I'm confident that we can create a kingdom of God right here on earth. Wow. Nobody's bothered by that whatsoever. Same when he says that phrase. Sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, does Ted Cruz know this? Does, does Lindsey Graham know this stuff? I mean, because that is... Uh, Devastating oh, indictment of the uh, of to, the argument to use in the hearing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Will they have that ready? I mean, that's just a devastating indictment. Sure. The, the whole handmaid's tale. She's part of a a group, a, a splinter group, a, a fringe group. It's a Bible study group that uh, inspired the handmaid's tale, which, if you don't know, is a dystopian future society where there's a plague or disaster or something, and the, the We've been depopulated, and so now men are totally in charge, and women just got to breed and breed and breed. So they're saying this Bible study group was the inspiration of The Handmaid's Tale. Well, a couple of problems with that. Number one, it's factually questionable. Margaret Atwood has never said that's true, and she's had ample opportunity. And even if she did, what the hell does that mean? I mean, I used a, a different example earlier. You throw anything at me, anything. I walk into a grocery store, and the manager's missing his leg. He's got a prosthetic leg, I notice. That inspired my tale about a war hero who overcame heroin addiction and then started at the bottom, stocking shelves, even though his leg hurt him. And he rose to the top and some... That was inspired by it. That doesn't mean it's accurate. In fact, if it were accurate, it would be a documentary and not a work of fiction. So it's factually questionable and it logically meaningless. And yet I've heard that 30 times. The lemmings of the media. Yeah, this she's part of this group that actually inspired The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, I left uh, out. Yeah, yeah. I left out maybe the best example of the incredible double standard that has always existed and always bothered me about religion. When people on the right are religious, they're scary nut jobs. George Bush. Um, He's going to install a theocracy. How many times did we hear that? When he talks about the Bible and goes to church and all that sort of stuff, he's a theocrat. When Barack Obama does it, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> that that's always bothered me. Yeah. My um, Muslim faith. How about hmm. Joe Biden, who's a very devout Catholic? And if you watch the convention, the video leading up to his speech had him sitting there at some speech with his rosary beads in his hands, figure, fingering his rosary beads. Somebody on the right fingering rosary beads in a government position would be portrayed as a nut job. Sure. On the pages of the Washington Post, the New York Times. Yeah. I just I don't like the double standard. It's you know, tiresome. I, I know plenty of people who think it's all bunk and fairy tale, and that's fine. And plenty of people who uh, think it's all, you know, important and cherished and heartfelt and sincere. 
But don't do the whole picking and choosing thing. That that really bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. So come for the dishonesty, stay for the dumbness. But that does and seem the to be whipping people up into the just fevers of anger and hate over virtually nothing. It seems to me that the smart people, the smart strategists, Nancy, Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris, they realize there's nothing to gain here on the Supreme Court thing. They've got the power, they've got the votes, they got the Constitution on their side, they're gonna get it. Let's not talk about it. Let's talk about other things. Let's talk about Obamacare and how when they're going to try to steal your uh, health care. Let's try mm-hmm. to talk about how what a bad guy Trump is leading up to the election. They're focused on that. I think they realize this is a no-win situation. Yeah. Anything that's not about, from their, from their standpoint, anything that's not about Trump being a lunatic <laughs> is, is a distraction for Joe Biden. I think that's his, his angle. Speaking of uh, brain function, lunatics, etc., I heard it pointed out yesterday that it's become clear the Biden campaign... Um, cuts off access to him like mid morning, and I just what do you I, mean? I don't cuts know. Off access. A, oh, any oh. give and take is always in the morning. Well, he's an older man. That's about the time of day you get the newspaper and have your morning constitutional. Flip on the fan and <laughs> oh boy, take your time. Oh, hey, you've earned it. Hey, what does that got to? Why did you? Um. And I don't know enough about the topic, but if it is because he tends to be sharpest in the morning, then gets uh, more and more scattered. Maybe that's where that... he gets it. We have the clip from yesterday. Maybe that's when he gets the great big old shot in the buttocks. <laughs> Late morning. I'm not sure. They so give him a big fat shot in the ass. And that's when he starts to fade. I'm not sure that story's been confirmed. And that gets him through the rest of the day. But if it is true... And I can't remember where I heard it, but it was it was not a bomb chucker. It was a, a reasonable commentator. Um, actually, it was a reporter, come to think of it. Um, if that's true, the fact that the debates are rather late in the evening on the East Coast is not good for old man Joe Biden. If that's true, maybe that's why he gets the big, you know, aforementioned uh, uh, batacle shot. They give him a big fat shot in the ass and... I hope he doesn't have the Chargers uh, no, doctor. Oh, God dang it. Perforated no. his quarterback's <laughs> lung. Oh, 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 that's a long way from your buttocks to your lung. You need a long needle. How much is... <laughs> he's not going to perforate his lung from there, but what about his poor colon or something? It's conceivable. How much you doctors use shorter needles? Yeah, exactly. Have you considered being good at your job? Yeah. yeah. If the shot doesn't have to go in three inches, why you got a three-inch oh, needle? Oh, that's right. Come on now. That's the worst story of the day. Now I'm telling doctors how to doctor. I've been a, <laughs> I've been a talk show host for too long, clearly. <laughs> so the fascinating history of neck beards coming up in a moment or two, among other things, some of it relevant. We are ready to share our experience and continue cooperating with all states and international entities, including in supplying the Russian vaccine, which has proved reliable, safe, and effective to other countries. Oh, there you go. (laughs) 
Putin has offered to uh, share the Russian vaccine with anybody who wants it because uh, theirs is already uh, effective, safe, and uh, everything else. And, uh, you know, if you get close to a window, you fall out. But, hey, <laughs> it is safe and effective. Take word of brutal dictator <laughs> who poisons people and throws them out the window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I want to be first in line. Wow. Unfreaking believable. Hey. Coming up next segment. LeBron James responds to the sheriff's uh, request that he match the offer uh, for the reward for those poor deputies uh, would-be murderer. And he also talks about rioting, violence, and that sort of stuff. So are we looking at a situation where we could have the Dodgers and the Lakers playing for championships the same night or the same week? The same week. Does yeah. the timing work out? Uh, oh, that I don't know. It's going to be pretty close. I don't know. Gonna be close. So playoffs start for baseball here, real, real right? Soon. But the finals, I think, for NBA are gonna start f- relatively sooner okay. before the World Series. But they're gonna be practically back to back then. Yeah. Wow, exciting times! Uh, one more thing from this article uh, that I thought was really good about Coney Barrett's Amy Coney Barrett's faith and how that is and will be used against her in a way that it hasn't been against Ruth Bader Ginsburg who, as I stated, had Bible verses hanging on her wall and was, you know, uh, very into her Jewish faith. Barack Obama, obviously, who I used to think was faking it, but have come to believe that he is a sincerely Christian man. Um, or, or Martin Luther King Jr. People of the left, they can be religious. People of the right, if you're religious, you're a whack job. Well, Nancy Pelosi claims to be a devout Catholic. She's not real good at it, in my opinion, but that's between her and God. Um, there's a fine good morning. Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, reading from the Religion News on this article, there's a final irony to concerns about how Barrett's faith will affect her decision-making on the bench. Her judicial philosophy, unlike Ginsburg's, is one of ideological restraint in which the judge's personal vision of the good, including the judge's religious vision, is put to the side as much as possible. Indeed, the now-famous 1998 Law Review article that Barrett co-authored considers how Catholic judges' faith might act on their decision-making, particularly when it came to being opposed to the death penalty. She argued that the judges should recuse themselves when their faith might color their rulings. Far from pushing their faith agendas, she and her co-author wrote, we need to know whether judges are legally disqualified from hearing cases that their consciences would let them decide. A vote for Barrett would hardly be a vote for a dangerous theocrat. It would be a vote precisely for the opposite. The other thing that I find Frustrating at times, hilarious at times, and understandable as nasty, dirty strategy is that these people who have reams and reams and reams of judicial decisions, the person in the other party acts as if, man, when they get in there, they might, I don't know, outlaw uh, breathing and uh, call for the enslavement of children. and uh, No, they have this incredibly long record in extremely high and important courts. I can tell you precisely what they think of all these issues. They've already told us, but you got to treat them as a as a monster who's just emerged out of the woods, and it's not clear whether they're going to decimate the village or not. Have you heard anything about? So Trump names the person five o'clock Saturday. Yes. Um. How, how soon would the hearing start? Have you heard anything about that? An hour later. <laughs> no, they got to go through the the process right after dinner. They don't have to. Traditionally, they go through the process of. They don't have to do anything. Well, right. Yes. Um, they they meet with various senators and have behind closed doors meetings. They get acquainted sessions. The rest of it, you could easily make the argument. Look, we just uh, we just approved this woman with the big majority for the second highest level of court in the land. I remember talking to her last time. She's a knockout legal thinker. 
All right. I don't need a visit. Well, I decline a visit. I don't have any idea to what extent Trump and McConnell are working together on this, if they are at all. It's out of Trump's hands as uh, as of five oh five on Saturday. At that point, it's all McConnell's call if he wants to make it that way. Right. Right. And yeah. he'll do whatever's in the best interest of the Senate, probably. Mm-hmm. This information comes from longtime correspondent, friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show camper, who's one of the most interesting human beings I've ever come across. Uh, so if this is not true, blame him. But I'm not going to fact check it because he's almost always right. Beards without mustaches became a thing centuries ago because spectacular mustaches became such a big deal among European army officers. Quakers were pacifists who rejected these warlike affectations. And the extreme vanity of all the fancy, unnatural, ungodly mustaches, as well as shiny buttons and all other manifestations of pride and vanity. Hmm. He points out that pride, the word pride, was still, it was a synonym for arrogance. It was a negative term in common usage in most dictionaries before the 1960s. Really? Yeah. Yeah, pride goeth before the fall. Yeah, well, I knew that, but I didn't know it was that recently that it changed. That's one of the uh, seven deadly sins. Take pride in your school. Right, you wouldn't have exactly. said that prior to the 60s. Be true to your school. Yeah, pride is one of the seven deadly sins, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Inability to remember what the seven deadly sins are is, is probably one of the seven deadly sins. <laughs> and I never can. Gluttony, I remember, because I make, make a practice of it. Lust, certainly up there, because, you know. Speeding. Speeding. Again, it's very dangerous. Yep, there they are. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm around them all the time, man, and they're not all bad. But, you know, when you see the videos that's going on, and you can see it, you know, all over the, not only, you know, my hometown, but, you know, all over America, you continue to see uh, the acts of violence towards my kind. I can't do nothing but to speak about it and, and, and see. Uh, you know, the, the, the common denominator. Um, but not one time have I ever said, uh, you know, let's act violent towards cops. Um, I just said that, you know, what's going on in our community um, is not okay. And, and we fear for that. And we fear for our lives. Yeah, here's the problem, LeBron. What's going on in your communities a lot is the cops trying to apprehend violent felons and the violent felons fight back. And so it gets more violent. Not every time, but you portray completely legitimate arrests as the cops trying to hunt down black people. That's our problem with you, LeBron. By the way, this poll over the weekend, Americans favor athletes speaking out, but not on the field. So the majority of Americans are okay with athletes speaking out, as he just was after a game. Sure. Um, and I have no problem with it. It makes yeah. it, it does make me less likely to enjoy sports just because I don't want you know, seriousness intervening, but that's just me. Um, but people definitely don't want it during the broadcast, like part of the game. Right. During that same uh, interview or uh, press conference, I guess, uh, LeBron was asked about the uh, L.A. County Sheriff who had urged the Lakers star to donate uh, six figures to double the reward for information connected to the recent shooting of two officers in Compton. But I do not condone violence towards anyone. Police... Uh, black people, white people, uh, anyone of color, anyone not of color, um, you know, because that's not going to ever make this uh, world or America, um, you know, what we want it to be. So 
Um, and I have zero comment um, on, on the sheriff. Well, I appreciate him, uh, you know, speaking out against violence. I, there are, again, some uh, rather large flaws to some of his pro- public statements that I'd love to chat with him about, but we'll take no violence. We'll take that. Uh, they've got the um, process going right now for Ruth Bader Ginsburg's body to lie in state there in the Capitol. It's first female Supreme Court justice to do that or something. And um, uh, that's nice. And uh, Chief Justice Roberts was just there, and he looks like he's 50 years old for some reason. Yeah. So I just, and I yeah. know he was older than that, so I looked it up, and he's 65. Oh. Why does he look younger than me? I'll bet he but works he's out. Significantly you know. older than me. I'll bet I. I'll, I'll bet at no point in his life he could have outdrank me either. <laughs> right, but, right. But so he looks younger than me. So he, yeah. you know, what, what do you think his personal record is for bacon consecutive days with a baconator? Certainly not mine, <laughs> which I believe I ate a baconator four days in a row last week. That's right. pretty good. So I believe we're he starting. Doesn't to... like pour six ounces of liquor into a cup and call it one drink. <laughs> I'm guessing. So we're starting to outline some reasons he looks younger than us, is what we're doing. <laughs> oh, I kid. And yet I don't. We got this email. That is exactly right. I kid, and yet I don't. <laughs> I've taken poor care of myself. And there it's may visible. Be a small measure of exaggeration in our comments. <laughs> got this note from, uh, well, he says, hey, Joe, you can na- use my name. It's Joe. <laughs> Okay. Could you explain how a third-party vote would work for us in California? Obviously, California. I hear it talked about often, but not sure about how it would work. I'm sure I'm not the only one. I don't want to throw my vote away. I understand California will vote Democrat no matter what, but does my vote for Trump automatically not count either because it's so blue here? Thanks, RFTH, run for the hills. Joe. (laughs) (laughs) The hills are on fire, Joseph. You might want to re- uh, you know, reconsider that. Uh, we've talked about this in the past and thought about it a fair amount. Uh, why don't we start with, I don't know, you want to start with Republican in a, red, in a blue state? A very, very blue state? I, I think what you want to do, a couple of things. You know, my, my blanket statement is don't overthink these things. Go vote for what you think is right, all right, for a number of reasons. One of them is... It might show a trend. The, the the share of one vote or another, one side or another, is changing. Um, and, and you want that number to be accurate. If, if Republicans are ascendant in California, doubtful, um, <clears throat> it would be good to know that. Uh, or, or if uh, the share of Republicans in the state is shrinking, I would like to know that. Um, it also affects the popular vote number. I mean, obviously, just by one, but there are lots of people in your boat. Jose, um, and uh, winning or losing the popular vote matter, matters in the public consciousness in ways that I think are significant. Trump cannot win the popular vote, it would seem, at this point. And? It's more or less impossible. Yeah, but the, I think the margin matters. Uh, sure. And the other thing is there are lots of down-ticket races that matter, um, and your vote would be uh, have outsized importance compared to the presidential race where everybody in the country votes on it. The third party thing, the the rationale I've given for voting libertarian several times is that, um, well, my intent and and correct me if I'm wrong to a large extent, yours, Jack, is that 
we want to send a message to the Republican Party that they ought to remember the principles they espouse. Oh, yeah. I've certainly never voted third party thinking they were going to win. No. Um, uh, yeah, you... And it works. And it, it works. If, if there are enough people voting Green Party, for instance, the Democratic Party will have to adopt some of those green principles to get that group in. They want that 3 to 5% of people mm-hmm. under their tent. And the same thing can happen if you had enough people voting... If there were, there is no party for fiscal conservatism. But if there was well, one, libertarians are. And if it was for getting worth. Uh, three, five percent, something like that, the Republicans might have to try to co-opt that by, you know, throwing a bone to those people. Right. That's exactly. Inter- that's a slow slog, though, man. Mm-hmm. It's a slow slog, and it can definitely feel like you're not having much of an effect. But it, it can snowball, though, because getting back to say the Libertarian Party wins, uh, just uh, pick a number, a significant percentage of, of the vote. People might start thinking, "Wow, that's not a joke. That's there are a lot of people who think that. I wonder what they, I wonder what they believe in. I'm, I'm going to click on the website. Maybe I'll kick them a few bucks, or maybe I'll consider voting for them. And then that snowballing effect of getting the Republican Party's attention and saying, "You remember liberty? You remember balanced budgets? You remember cutting back on regulations? Yeah, well, maybe you ought to uh, walk the walk instead of just talking." Um, so I think that actually can have an effect it can it it definitely can i just i don't i don't like the anti-binary choice arguments that some people make oh you're not gonna tell me it's a binary choice it is it just is there are two people that are going to be president either joe biden or donald trump i would call that a binary choice yeah now if you want to send a message to another party and build a coalition like joe's just talking about but in terms of one or the one or the other of those people is going to be president. That's just a fact. The number of friends, acquaintances, and listeners uh, that I know who've fled Cal Unicornia to more reasonably run states is very, very large. They're a voting block on their own, including uh, a, a good pal of mine who has very uh, sad to hear is moving to Ohio. Um, if I live in Ohio. I'm voting for the Republican, okay? I'm not going to make my little libertarian gesture right. in a swing state. Right. No, um, I get that completely. Now, yeah. William F. Buckley's rule was always, and he's the founder of National Review and one of the great conservative thinkers of all time. Uh, his was And one of the great patrician accents of all time. God, I've been into his YouTube videos lately. Jeez, why isn't there anybody around making the arguments I like? the way he made them now, as opposed to screaming stupid crap on television. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, he would say, always vote for the person that is most conservative on the ticket. Just plain and simple. Uh, because he was a conservative. And I would say, if you're a liberal, you do the opposite. That just don't make it so complicated. Right. Vote to vote for the person closest to what you believe. That that should work for you. Um, uh, but while we're on this topic, so Pete Buttigieg, boot edge edge, they say. Edge edge. So he tweeted out yesterday, we are close to having a majority of Supreme Court justices appointed by presidents that didn't win the popular vote. Democracy is being eroded away on a day-by-day basis. Mm. The problem I have with that whole popular vote thing, and it's, it seems so obvious, but we'll point it out again. Um, one, that's not the system that we have set up, the Electoral College. Electoral College. Um, and for that reason, they campaign differently. You don't know what the popular vote would be if the candidates ran knowing that was the goal. You don't have any idea. It would be a completely different strategy. Hmm. Trump would be in California. If the popular vote was how it got determined, 
He doesn't come to California. Neither does Joe Biden, because you know how it's going to turn out. You just got to you just got to get fifty one percent, and you get all the you know all the electoral votes. Right. But Trump would be getting as many people as he could. I still think he might lose the popular vote, but I'm not sure. Um, it's a different game. Right. Yeah. Static analysis is what the uh, it's called when you change something and, and pretend like people won't change what they do. Boy, I had forgotten this, though. I was listening to a podcast yesterday going through all the scenarios. If it ends up 269 to 269, some people are throwing around the Supreme Court and judge appointment. The Supreme Court has nothing to do with the tie. It's the House of Representatives and then the state uh, delegations. So each state gets one vote if it's a tie. California gets one vote. Montana gets one vote. Ooh. Texas gets one vote. Really? Rhode Island gets one vote. Ooh. Yeah, it's just whatever your your state votes, you get the one vote. Mm. People are going to go crazy over that. If California's California's vote counts the same as, you know, North Dakota, some tiny red state, people will go berserker over that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope we don't come to that. I hope not either. Now I'm just musing. Oh, we need to take a break. My musings coming up. I just, Joe's musings. That's what we call the final segment uh, of the show. I think every state should have a similar population, and and uh, each uh, legislature uh, ought to have, uh, you know, like for every assemblyman or or uh, state uh, steward or whatever you happen to call them in your state, they ought to represent the same number of people. I mean, because you have some states where every state rep represents like 350 people. Sure. Then you have California where it's like 550,000 yeah, or odd. something insane like that. That's on. Yeah, it's, it's no way to run a country, son. The best, and then I'll stop so we can get to Joe's musings. The that, best, that was them right there. The best counter I to... I have no more musings. The best counter to lefties complaining about the electrical... electrical I cannot say it. I did it on purpose as a joke for so many years that I can't stop now. God's punishing me for mocking people. Well, speaking of punishment... Get your word straight, Jack. I think there needs to be negative reinforcement. (laughs) Every time you say electrical college, you receive a mild and increasingly severe shock. Barbaric! The best argument against lefties on that is, okay, we'll do it for California then. Do it for California. To elect a governor. Uh, What now? For for apportioning uh, the 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 votes, d- d- don't don't have it winner take all in California. Then you want to do that? Oh right, yeah, yeah. Make it proportional. Yeah. Well, nobody wants to do that. No, oh, I'd, I'd like cool. to do that. Well, you maybe you would, but, <laughs> but most people would. Uh, That's when I moved to Uruguay or Paraguay. I can never remember. <laughs> don't get them wrong. You don't want to get it wrong. Oh no. Joe's musings next. Armstrong and Getty. Queen Carol Baskin, who stole the show, opening up about life post-Tiger King. I don't know how to make it better. Judges scoring her low, but Carol saying she's got the fight of a tiger to still win that mirror ball. The captain tell me to be fierce and to be strong and to roar. Roar! In the end, it was her versus Charles. The judges choosing to save Carol. I just had a great time, Um... So they they so they kept her around for another week on Dancing with the Stars. Tell you what, the judges don't don't turn your back on her, especially if she has a a hammer in her hand. Or yeah, Charles Oakley fouled out, got the old heave ho, (laughs) double tech. 
Well, Injected. I think they realize the little attention people are paying to Dancing with the Stars is all about her. Uh, if Carol they Baskin. don't realize that, they don't understand the business they're in. Yes, let's get rid of a cultural phenom <laughs> who may have offed her husband and fed him to tigers and keep the, admittedly in his time, great, but uh, Charles Oakley? Come on. <laughs> her poor... Carol Baskin's poor dancing mate. She's doing her tiger puns talk, and he's just sitting there nodding along like this. <laughs> 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 so I'm going bad. to roar back and pounce on the competition, and all right. Oh. I'm going to feed you to tigers if I ever get a hold of you. Oh, man. Um, so, I hope karma's a thing. <laughs> so what was your story about Joe Biden late in the morning? What, what did you tell oh, us? Oh, well, that... Um, a reporter was discussing the fact that after mid-morning, they cut off access to him. If he's going to answer questions, it's always uh, in the morning. And the the, uh, the implied, um, well, what was being implied was that... Grandpa needs his nappy time. Well, that he gets more scattered and less sharp as the day goes on. So we got this text, and I don't have any idea if any of this is true. And I pointed out also that the debates are rather late in the evening, especially East Coast time. Why does the Biden campaign, that's Biden, why does the Biden campaign call a shut off in the morning? Here's the supposition. Dementia patients tend to fatigue as the day rolls on. Further, there's a syndrome called sundowners that dementia patients get. Fatigue, confusion, anxiety, upset as it gets later in the day. Mm. I'd not heard that sundowners thing, but that, interesting, I, troubling. I, I, I could too. absolutely it's very believe sad. it. Oh yeah, of yeah. course it is. Yeah, um, we got this one. I don't think this is the case, but I've wondered if Biden is hitting the hooch a bit too hard these days. He behaves <laughs> or sounds like a relative of mine who starts drinking around noon. Maybe <laughs> that explains why they come off noon somewhere. <laughs> I doubt if <clears throat> I doubt if Biden is day drinking and able to hide that. From I mean, it's just, I mean, right? I, 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 anyway, there are all, uh, <laughs> virtually. While I appreciate that note, because it has amused me, uh, virtually everything we've discussed re Biden factor into various brain changes when you well, get old. Oh, here's another serious one, though. We don't call mom in the afternoon or evening. She has dementia and it gets worse as the day goes on. It's called sundowner syndrome. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And it's like, I don't want old Joe to have no, those no, problems. Not. It's a tragedy, but I really suspect he does. If he has them, we need to know it. Yes. I don't want the show to be over, but I am ready to listen to the final thoughts from Armstrong and Getty. Yeah. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Yeah. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Michael presses the buttons in the control room. Michelangelo, final thought? Yeah, good news. For those of you that are saving your money for Black Friday, you may not have to because the report is Amazon's Prime Day is October 13th. So that's their big sale. Oh. Uh, Positive Sean, our producer, final thought? Yeah, T-minus, what is it, six days now uh, until the presidential debates, which... Um, we have discussed. It's it's going to be like if the Super Bowl was played on the moon. <laughs> you got to watch. You just got to. Uh, Jack, a final thought you'd like to share? I wasn't going to talk politics, but we got this. Trump, if, if Biden flounders a little, Trump should stop debate, the debate and try to appear compassionate and say, let's let's just not do this tonight. Let's do it another night when uh, when Joe's feeling better. Oh, boy. Oh, oh my God. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Uh, my final thought just flitted out of my head. Who am I to criticize Biden? Yeah, look at I you. I just got too many things in front of me. You know the me. thing? 
It was good, too. I was happy with it. Oh, that's right. Rolling Stone, which used to be a magazine, which is a website they printed on paper, is out with their uh, list of 500 greatest albums of all time, a new updated list. Okay, what's number one? Well, we'll talk about it tomorrow, but uh, I used to care deeply about this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And now the number one album of all time is your favorite one. Okay. I got my list. Weirdo, thank you, Vic. You got your <laughs> list. <laughs> Sean's got his list, and it's terrible. Air Supply's second album is the number one album of all time. Well, to me, that's when they really hit their stride. Not the first album when they were rocking too hard. The second album when they took it a little softer. Oh, yeah. Dialed it yeah. back a little Dialed bit. Dialed it back. <laughs> Do you have to hit the drums so hard? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Are you ready to soft rock? So many people think go to armstrongandgetty.com. It's where all the podcasts are. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say... How very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? I don't want to drive no more, but can I please go? 